Let's get into some word tonight. Go with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 14. Are you ready for this tonight? All right, I hope you come hungry for the Word of God. I mean, you know, church is a very important thing, and we shouldn't take this time lightly. We shouldn't take our time together and our relationships lightly. We should very much be thankful that we have this opportunity. Praise God. So what do you say we get everything we're supposed to get? Don't let a service pass you by where it just becomes monotony or just, well, week after week on a weekend or on a midweek we go to church. Every time is an appointment with God. It's a time to hear from heaven. It's a time to get established in truth. It's a time to get direction for our lives. Amen? And if we'll come with that heart and that purpose, I tell you what, we'll never be disappointed. And we'll always be enriched. And our lives will go up and up and up. Come on now. God wants to do so many good things in your life. Oh, He wants to make it so good you can hardly stand it. He he wants to pour out His favor and love and blessing on you more than you've ever known and ever experienced in times past. And so what do you say? We get it all. Amen. Praise God. Today, I want to I want to share with you, uh, begin to share with you a new message um, that I've decided to title, entitle this, not that. All right. This, not that. Now, I like sermons that, that uh, where I can do it, say anything I want, and it all fits the title. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we're going to get into some stuff that I believe will be a, a blessing and be helpful to you. Life is filled with choices. We, we know that every day we are deciding. We're making decisions on many things uh, in our lives, things that, um, you know, what we're going to eat today, what we're going to wear today, what we're going to... Uh, uh, what we're going to purchase with our money today, uh, we, we decide what we're going to say, what we're going to meditate on, what we're going uh, to believe, what, uh, just so many things that we make decisions about every single day, and the outcome of each day, and therefore each week and each month, is determined by these choices. And so we have the opportunity to go the right way or go the wrong way, to do the right thing or the wrong thing, and to experience God's best or experience something less. But God has put that in our control. And, and, and thank God the Lord has given us His wisdom. And uh, His wisdom has basically revealed to us, and the wisdom right, is right here, it's the Word of God, has revealed to us the better ways of life, the better ways of living. There is definitely a contrast between God and the devil. Would you would say that's true? Between light and darkness. There is a very big contrast between the ways of God and the ways of this world. Between the wisdom of God and the foolishness of man. And what we want to do is to take advantage of God's all-knowingness, of His wisdom, so that we can, so we can benefit from it. I mean, that's the purpose He gave it. That's the reason His wisdom has been given to, to us in this life. And so there, there's a statement I, I want to make, uh, and it's, it's really important. And, and when I say a statement, it, a, a concept, I want you to, to wrap your mind around, a principle. And, and, and that has to do with this world and this life compared to God. And his goodness and his life and his kindness. And, and it's basically this. There is nothing in this world that can compare to what God has to offer. 
nothing in this life, nothing in this world even comes close. The sooner we accept and believe that principle and that truth, the better off we are. Because most people in this world are looking for help and looking for fulfillment and love and looking for satisfaction in the wrong place. And it is, a, it is a vain quest that will end up in disappointment, end up in heartbreak. And, and so many discover these, uh, this reality and this truth the hard way. But if we could recognize right now from this point going forward that there is nothing in this world that can satisfy our soul, that can, that can really minister to us and make us enjoy life outside of Him, then we'll start heading the right direction and start looking in the right places. And we'll avoid a lot of wasted time and a lot of heartache. Proverbs chapter 14, notice with me in verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Let's, let, let's, let's look at that again. Why don't you say it out loud with me? There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's quite an interesting statement when you look at it. That mankind tends to gravitate towards things that don't work. I mean, it's kind of a sad commentary on the human race. <laughs> But we tend to gravitate towards things that do not work. People often think wrong, behave wrong, and then wonder why success eludes them. Let's realize that God is so very much smarter than us. <laughs> I know we, we, listen, I know we accept that in theory. We accept that in principle. Let it, be, let it have practical application in your life. God is so very much smarter than you, smarter than me. He knows so much more that, uh, and let me, let me bring this to, to reality, so much more than the smartest person on the planet, all right? Far, I mean, the greatest genius in all of history is a drop in the bucket compared to what God knows, compared to His wisdom and His intelligence. He, he, he knows everything. And so whenever we approach a situation where there is a tendency for us to think one way, and we discover that God thinks a different way concerning that, let it not be a hard decision. What should I go with here? Hmm. I mean, it almost sounds silly, and it really is. But many of us have been guilty of going with what we thought was best. Well, I've looked at this, and I know what the Word says, but, I mean, I just don't see how that can be. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And we, we just made our own small, tiny little brains bigger than God. And that's really dumb. (laughs) 
God is smarter than us. Christians are famous for over-spiritualizing the obvious and looking for a hidden meaning in all kinds of failures in life. In the world, sometimes there's a little bit more rational thinking. Now, I don't mean in all things, because we see things that many people don't, obviously. That's why we're here. That's why we've given our lives to the Lord. But at the same time, sometimes as soon as someone gets saved, they take a check-your-brain-at-the-door approach to their life. And all of a sudden, when when something is not going right, (gasps) it's a mystery. All of a sudden, it's spiritual, and everything is either God's plan or it's the devil's attack, or it's some t- and and really, and, and don't get me wrong, we are aware that there is a plan of God. We are aware that there are attacks of the devil, but let's not bury our head in the sand and not deal with life and make wise, godly decisions and, and recognize how that, in, how that impacts us. Amen. Well, what am I? What am I talking? About? Well, in a myriad of situations, people just kind of lose their brains when it when, when it comes to their life. As soon as they get saved, I mean, you, you got one person who's a Christian and he's uh, he, he's wanting to get in shape, so he's praying about it while eating a chocolate donut on the couch. Lord, I just confess a fast metabolism. <laughs> Lord, I just th- I just thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And you got someone in the world as they eat a salad for dinner and went for a run. Who's going to succeed? All right. Maybe that wasn't real enjoyable. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, there is, there is some, some common sense reality that we should be aware of uh, that's true and that God will lead us that way, not just to over-spiritualize everything in life. All right, but we need the wisdom of God. God's grace is something that empowers right thinking, it empowers right believing, and it even empowers right acting, right behavior. That's the way the grace of God works in our lives. And we must discover that when we act on God's better ways, things are really going to work. But know this again here's what the scripture says there's a way. That seems right, but it doesn't work. It leads to death. That means that throughout my life, as I make decisions about many things, that there are going to be thoughts that come to my brain that seem right, and they're wrong. That means even if... I I want to make right choices. That doesn't mean that all wrong possibilities are cut off from ever entering my thinking because I'm a Christian now. And only thoughts I have are godly thoughts. No, there's still a current going through the human race. Going through the uh, unrenewed mind. Going that it comes from undisciplined flesh. And it is a current of thought that thinks one way will be successful and it's not. And if I know that that possibility exists, and, and not only a possibility, a tendency exists in the human race, I will catch my words many times. I will look before I leap. 
I will hold off and not be hasty in decision making because I realize there is a better way, but it's not necessarily going to be automatic with me. Is everybody with me? Okay. And so God has better ways in everything. Go to Isaiah with me, please. Isaiah 55. Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Let's begin reading here in the 7th verse. 55, 7. It says, Let the wicked forsake his way. His what? His way. And the unrighteous man, his what thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Return to the Lord how? In his thinking and in his behaving, his actions. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When you read things like that, say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Come on, he's a gracious, forgiving. I like the word abundantly pardon. Someone said, I have royally messed up. Big problems. Well, he has royally forgiven you. (laughs) Big forgiveness for big problems. Abundantly pardon. Amen. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, who's your here? Your would be the wicked. Right? We've got to stay in context with verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so, notice, notice what's happening here, is the Lord is drawing a comparison between the ways of the wicked and His ways. He said, they are so far apart, it is like the heaven and the earth. As far as, the, and I don't know exactly how far it is, but I can't see it. <laughs> as far as heaven is above the earth, that's the, the gap, that's the, the, the measurement between how a wicked person thinks and how God thinks. Okay, And that is the baseline. The normal for mankind is that their ways are so much lower than God's ways. Their thinking is so much more debased than God's holy, right, and pure thinking. It is a great, great, great distance. Now, we have lived in a culture of low thinking all of our lives. We were born into this world. The Bible says uh, we, we took on Adam's sin. We were born with a sin nature. Even if, you had a, even if you grew up in a good family, there was a whole lot of things that came into your mind from this world, and it's debased thinking. It's, bad, it's wrong ways, it's wrong thinking, and here we are. Now, many of us have turned our lives over to the Lord. We've repented. We've changed our minds and said, I'm not going the way of the world. I'm going the ways of God. I'm going the way of God. I'm going the way of truth. And so, I wouldn't put us all in this category of wicked. I would say, I'm now the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm on His team. I'm on His side. I'm in His family. However, 
How many have realized that just because you turned your life over to the Lord, that your thinking and your ways didn't automatically change? I mean, some of them did instantly and immediately, but it has become a process of removing yourself from the thinking and the ways of this world so that you can think and let your ways be of God. Does that make sense? And so, although this is a true statement concerning the world, we have left the camp of the wicked, but it doesn't mean that all of the worldly wicked thoughts and ways have completely departed from our lives. That is why, again, we must continually look for God's better ways. And over time and through renewing of the mind, some of those ways have become natural and normal for us. There are things that I used to think about that now I don't think about anymore because God's ways have become established in me and now my thoughts are His thoughts or His thoughts are my thoughts. His ways are my ways. But in other, other areas of life, there's still a transition going, going on. And I still have to realize there is a tendency of mankind to go the wrong way and think it's the right way. To rationalize, to justify, to look at all the pros and cons, come up with an answer, and it's exactly opposite of what God would do. That's a possibility for all of our lives. And so uh, that's what we're taking a look at in, in this message. And that's what we're, what we're talking about is, is God's better ways. How we can do this, not that. We can choose what he says is better. And I've come to discover in the word of God, there's just a number of things that the Lord presents to us in in, in a way where he says, this is just better than this. You've got a choice here. This one's better. Go with this. You know, he's kind of like, he doesn't force us. He doesn't doesn't make us, but he's kind of urging us along. I'd choose this if I were you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like the old uh, uh, game show with the doors. What was that called? Let's make a deal. A long time ago. and uh, But they had, they had to pick a door. You know, do you want what's behind this door, this door, or this door? And the thing is, and, you know, and some of it might be a little cheap prize. And some of it might be, you know, a great prize that, that they would win. But with the Lord, he's, if we'll read his word, and if we'll listen to his voice, he's telling us, pick that one. Pick that one. Pick that one. No, no. I've done the odds, and it's always this one. (laughs) But he'll tell us. Pick that one. Go that way. This is better than that. This is better than that. And from the guy whose thoughts are way higher than this world, we need to heed his voice. All right, let's look at uh, Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Let's take a look at something. That the Lord says is better than something else. Psalm 63. This is kind of a, a, a setup. And, and this, this first better than is kind of an overarching principle that governs our lives. Alright. Psalm 63 in verse 3. The psalmist said, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Notice what he was inspired to say, that the Lord's 
loving kindness. That's his, his graciousness, his favor toward us. He, like it says, his kindness toward us. It is better than life. Now, now that's, that's really, uh, I don't know, a, a deep statement when you think about it. Because what do people exist for? Without being instructed or taught along a certain way, people basically live their lives trying to be happy. They're trying to find fulfillment. They're seeking out a good life. Well, I just want to have a good life. I just want to be happy in my life. I just want to find satisfaction. I just want to enjoy my life. And that's not wrong. That's not and it's not that the more spiritual you get, the more you seek suffering. <laughs> well, I'm a Christian now, so, I'll, you know, if I'm bored, I cut myself. And, you know, no, no, no. I'm a believer. I want a happy life. I want fulfillment. I want to enjoy life. And, that, and that's really uh, one of the things that God intends for us. But you might recall that Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever desires to save his life, will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now watch, here we're running into a situation where God's way is not the first thought that would come to us. In fact, it's just the opposite. The way that mankind will normally think, man, is you've got to fight for this. You've got to go for it. You've got to, you've got to take what, what is before you because if you don't do it, no one else will give it to you. And, and, and it's that way of thinking. It is, you know, you've got to look out for number one, meaning yourself. You've got to take care of yourself because you don't, no one else will. You've got to have confidence in yourself. You gotta, it's all about me. It's all about my life. And notice, most people think that's right. They think, yep, that, yep, yep, can't disagree with that. Can't argue with that. That's a good, well, the Lord said just the opposite. Amazing how people are trying so hard to get what their heart desires, and they're doing exactly the opposite of what works. And someone can live their whole life and achieve their goals and receive financial gain and, and, and an applaud from other people and success and achievement in this life and at the end of it, be empty and say it wasn't worth it and say, ah, is this all life is? When Jesus said, that's because you tried to get it. If you give it up, I'd give it to you. You'd have everything you want and desire and you'd be fulfilled on the inside. Again, for most people, life is all about finding happiness. But we need to realize that life is short. And it doesn't really matter if we get everything we want here and now. Let's compare our lives again to Him. His grace, His loving kindness in my life is better than anything. That's what the Scripture said. It's better than my life. It's better than living is being in His goodness. In his kindness. Someone said, I don't understand that. Accept it. This is a principle to relate to in the Lord. Always accept what he says before you understand it. Then you'll have understanding later. Don't say, no, I'm not accepting that. I can't figure that out. Make him right in your life. 
make God right and then let it show up. Some things are better caught than taught. They're better experienced than just explained or read. And when you experience the very goodness of God, I tell you what, let's not think that this world and this life and this earth and this physical realm is all there is. That if I need to attain my goals, there's nothing wrong with having goals, but there's a way to go about them in God that makes His presence and His kindness toward us more important and bigger than any other thing. And it it works. Whereas the other way, it just doesn't. This life is so temporary, so brief, and all we're doing is we're in the dressing room for the main event. We are just getting ready to experience the glory of God on a level that that will blow our minds and we can't even comprehend it. We are just getting ready. This is a time of investment into a greater future. You know, sometimes... Uh, we talk about uh, going to places and seeing things. You know, there's a lot of amazing sights in the world. A lot of great things to see and experience. And a lot of times, the natural approach to that is, well, you know, I, I, I just really want to travel. I really want to see things. I want to see this and go here and experience this. And, uh, and many times people, they live their lives with that, that goal in mind that I'm going to get to a certain age and I'll have enough money so I can retire and just go see things. Here's, now, in and of itself, anything wrong with going to see something? No. I'd like to see a lot of things. And I will if I, as I have opportunity. But here's the wrong mindset. We think of this life beginning and end and that's it. Even though we know better. Really, if, I, if, there are, if there are a few things or like a gazillion things that I miss out on in my life, I didn't go here, didn't see this, didn't experience this, no big deal. No big deal at all. Are you listening to me? And if I act like it is a big deal, I am missing God's better way. I've got to see this. I've got to experience. No, you don't. You need to experience God's loving kindness. That will fill your heart like no sight will. Like no person, no experience will. Fill yourself with His loving kindness in that relationship. And that will set you up for eternity. To see everything that there is. Things that we can't even put into words today because no waterfall or canyon or ocean or, or mountain or, or some site. And don't get me wrong, a lot of it's very cool. Nothing will compare to the glory of God and all the things He wants to show us for eternity to come. It'll never end. Let's not live for this. Let's live for that. Come on now. I'm talking about the loving kindness and relationship with God. Go to Philippians 4 with me. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. Where do you look for fulfillment? You know, your spouse, your kids. You know, sometimes people will say, well, my kids are my life. Well, well that's, that's an error. See, a lot of times people think, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Your kids are your life. They're not supposed to be. The Lord is supposed to be your life. The kids come in somewhere after that. Amen. 
Someone said, I just, you know, and sometimes it's just, like I said, a spouse. Sometimes it's negative stuff. People, their fulfillment comes from alcohol or for some it comes from food, comes from recreation or entertainment or money or, or social acceptance. Uh, comes from all different kinds of things. Um, the praises of men Jesus talked about. You know, I remember uh, Amy and I were somewhere not too long ago, and we were somewhere in public. I don't remember where we were, and, and some woman walked, walked past who wasn't wearing much. And, uh, and so we had the discussion. And, and she, had, she said to me, she said, Is that attractive to guys? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, who are you again? No, I'm not, no. <laughs> I said, well, I said, that will get a guy's attention. That'll make most guys look. I said, but if they're looking for a relationship, that's not attractive. All it is is a sexual thing, and that's fleeting, you know. If they want a relationship, they don't want that, that kind of person. Because oftentimes, someone who does that or, or um, presents themselves that way, you can see they're finding their fulfillment and satisfaction by how many eyes will look, by how many heads will turn and say, ooh, they are re- really got it together, okay? And that, that's really sad because, you know, the right stuff going on, they'll get a lot of heads to turn. That will not produce fulfillment and satisfaction in their life. His loving kindness is better than life. And any of these other natural things that people gain fulfillment from are so temporary, so fleeting, and so unfulfilling. Philippians chapter 4, read with me in verse 10. Paul wrote here, he said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Now, that's a real important line there. Notice he said, I have what? I have learned. In other words, he wasn't just born with it. It doesn't, didn't come automatically. Paul went through a learning curve himself. He said, I've learned no matter what state I'm in, no matter what my circumstances are around me, I can be content. That's a powerful thing. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now think about that for a moment. we, We quote that and we use that and that's a powerful principle. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What things is he talking about? Being content in every circumstance. What does Christ empower you and I to do? To be. To be fulfilled. To be content. With a lot. With a little. With a full tummy. With an empty tummy. His loving kindness is better than life. I've lost my life and I found it in Him. And, and this is not. Now listen. Paul was writing this from prison. Okay, lest we think he's kicked back on the beach. And there's nothing wrong with that. He went to the beach sometimes. I could show you that in Scripture. <laughs> but here, no beach. Prison bars. He's saying, I'm a happy guy. 
I'm just glad in the Lord. Man, I am fulfilled in Him. Wow. I've learned how to be content no matter what's going on. Now, sometimes people have used this and to kind of turn it into a poverty kind of doctrine. Oh, God doesn't want you to have anything. That's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying it's better to be without. He's saying it's better to be content in him no matter what you have. No matter what circumstances and situations are going on in your life. And so, because the same guy, he also wrote 2 Corinthians 9. You know, chapter 8 and chapter 9, which talking about abundance and God's provision for your life, of course. So uh, we know what it, where he's coming from here. But there's a great deception taking place in, in the person's mind and life who, who thinks that happiness is just one thing away. As soon as I get this, soon as this, as soon as I'm married, as soon as I get this job, as soon as I have this paid off, as soon as I get rid of this person in my life, as soon as this goes away. No, his loving kindness is better than all of life. You can, you can get lost in him and his love and grace and presence today, and it will override every other desire and thing that you want in life. It doesn't mean they won't come to pass. It just means when they do, your fulfillment will not be in them. You know, sometimes people say, well, money doesn't buy happiness. Actually, it does. <laughs> it's just fleeting. Huh? If someone dumps a million bucks on you, you're going to smile. But you won't smile perpetually. Because that kind of stuff... It, it's only a temporary high. It's only, it's only, it's, it doesn't last. It's not comparable to God's life. It's not comparable to God's goodness. But again, so many times we think that that's what we've got to have. One of the, one of the Proverbs that I wrote <laughs> years ago, it goes like this. Now, you might think I'm adding to Scripture, but just write it in the back. No, not in the back, not my revelation, right in the front. <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> For where thou goest, there thou shalt be. <laughs> Why do I say that? Uh, it's because many times the idea of my fulfillment and my greater joy in life is just one thing away. It's just one step away, one thing away. I just need this. But the problem is, when I get there, when I have it, I'm still there. And I am the person who needs to be altered on the inside to a place of contentment. And when I have found my contentment in Him... Now I can handle anything that comes or doesn't come. And if I miss out on a few things in life, I'm not missing anything. They are so very far beneath. I mean, so, they're a mile beneath everything that really counts and really matters and that really satisfies. They are not even close. If I experience them, great. Praise God. I'll thank Him for it and enjoy it while I have it, while I see it, while I experience it, but not even putting it on the same plane as Him. This is one of God's better ways. This is something we need to choose over everything else. Amen. Pray with me tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, 
We're so thankful for you tonight. Thankful for your goodness, your kindness, your love, and your mercy toward us. We believe that you are at work in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Father, as we listen to your voice, as we, as we listen to your word, we heed your ways. And we thank you for working in us this very day. We choose and we purpose in our hearts to do right, to go your way. And we thank you for your favor, your blessing. Oh, what a privilege it is to serve you more than anything, more than anything else. We honor and bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.